Hey, everybody, this is Stormy Lee, a.k.a. Queen of the Southeast, a.k.a. one half of the Bonnie and Clyde of professional wrestling, and you are listening to Oversell Podcast. It is episode 55, and we are talking to Jared Ethan and talking wildfire wrestling and so much more. This is the Oversell Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. I'm Mike and not William Shatner, as you were talking about. <laughs> I wasn't Shatner. Was just <laughs> Every week I try to do something different <laughs> with oh, the that, intro. Uh, Derek Chappelle. That was, that was Shatner-esque. But we are, we are here to talk a little professional wrestling. It's been a, We had a wildfire show this week we're going to get into. Uh, plenty of news to talk about WWE-wise. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the WWE talk. Brand splits on the horizon. Heck yeah. Girl. What are your guys' thoughts? Finally, finally, we're getting a live SmackDown. Not a watered-down tape version. You don't see any, you're not going to see any spoilers on SmackDown anymore. No. You're going to have to watch it on Tuesdays now, which is great. I think it's great. Mike, what are your thoughts? I'm so excited. I tweeted the other day. About oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it made me tweet on myself. Wow. Now, here's my question for you guys. Does the WWE right now have the roster st- to support three brands? Yes. Absolutely. And I'm I'm pretty sure Cody Rhodes is kicking himself right now. If I'd only held on for just one more month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, here's the problems. I don't think they have a roster big enough to support a full full three brands. Well, I think what's going to end up happening, um, and they've already said they're canceling the NXT TakeOver events from here on out. Um, right. So those those pay-per-views or those network specials are going away, and you're just going to have NXT, you know, taped for the network. Right. So if those live specials are going away, then there's probably going to be some NXT guys going and getting on SmackDown and Raw, right, is what I'm thinking. So, the problem with that is, but then you, if your NXT is your third brand, you're still you're losing. You know, if you lose Samoa Joe, if you lose Finn Balor, if you lose Shinsuke Nakamura, mm-hmm. who do you have? Well, you've got uh, the guys that you've spent time with over the last few years and built with, and you know, it's time to push them out in the front, and they either sink or swim. You know. I mean, you don't always have to have a top star in every promotion. You know, your top star may be the guy that's been there for five years and is just waiting on his chance. Right. So, I mean, I, that was that was my whole thing when I was wrestling. You know, it was like I was always the guy that was consistent. So I was always the guy that got the opportunities. And, you know, the guys in NXT, if they're consistent, they'll get the opportunity. So, I mean, you know – the whole thing with like the the mindset of Samoa Joe and you know Finn Balor and and Shinsuke Nakamura and you know all those guys that are currently in NXT you got to think what does the future hold for them are they going to be in NXT the whole time no they're not no they can't sit at NXT the whole time so if they cancel all those network specials and everything there's no reason for them to be in NXT anymore other than the taped 
shows right. on a weekly basis. So that's what makes me think, you know, they'll take some guys from NXT. They're not going to take everybody from NXT. You know, Joe still may hang around because he's the champion. You know, and, you know they can they can do without they can do without a few guys. Right. You know, right. you don't have to have top of the line Finn Balor. Hideo Itami's fixing to come he's back off of back. injury. Yep. You know, you all these guys. You know, they're waiting in the wings. We still have yet to see Randy Orton come back. Yeah. You know, th- these are all the guys we're told are ready. They're just being held back because of long term storyline purposes. I for one can't wait to see Orton come back. I've been you waiting know. for that for a yeah. long time. I I'm I'm excited to see Orton come back. I'm more excited for Orton coming back than I am uh, Cena. And I was definitely excited about Rollins coming back. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was great when uh, he showed up at the end of the pay per view. Now, do you think this? You think it's possible now that since they are doing the brand split and Derek, since you don't think they've got a strong enough roster. Do you think now would be a time to move Raw back to two hours? It would, but they're not going to do it. The ad because the advertising money, people are still buying ads in those third that third hour. Unfortunately, now you're going to get what five hours of wrestling in two days plus NXT is another hour, so six hours of yeah. three wrestling Th- three content in three days. days. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of wrestling. Three, two, and one basically. Yeah. yeah. I would love for this to be the catalyst that sent Raw back to two hours. I would love. I would. I it. would think they would do that eventually. I would think they would because you know it's. I've seen a lot of chatter over the IWC about. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, there is no IWC. <laughs> oh, there isn't. There is not because yeah. if there's an IWC, you're a part of it. Oh shit! Because this goes on the internet. Uh, well, so yeah. there is no uh, IWC. I guess that's yeah. <laughs> so we don't exist. We don't exist. There is no. Spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, But no, if uh, all the chatter that I've been seeing on the various websites and everything, um, you know, it says that, you know, it's hard enough to book a two-hour show and you're booking a three-hour show. So instead of actually, like, trying to cram everything into an episode of Monday Night Raw, you're actually just trying to keep rate, trying to keep watchers watching yeah. trying to keep people watching TV yeah. is basically all you're trying to do for 3 hours and it's hard to do it's damn hard to do cuz if somebody doesn't like something you don't like one segment you don't like 2 minutes out of 3 hours you're changing the channel yep well and the part of that is we don't we as um, human beings today don't have a long attention span. No, 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 no. Starting a show off with these twenty to twenty-five minute promos, I hate that shit. It is just every so often. You want to shock somebody? Start it off with a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. start it off. Start it off with Lillian Garcia in the ring <laughs> announcing somebody exactly. coming to the yeah, ring. They, that would shock the shit out of everybody. That's <laughs> and that, you know. That, I know they have to set up the rest of the show, but you can talk about that. You know during the wasted commentary that they have during the matches anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I get you. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if they reach out and start raiding other companies for talent to fill up. They've already monsters. done that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's still... I, I still don't... I, I, I don't just, think TNA is pretty much a one-legged man in an ass-kicking yeah. contest right now. <laughs> I mean, it's just they got like a one-legged man and ask a one-legged man with no arms in an ass-kicking there, contest. Well, there's only two people in TNA they would want to go after anyway. Mm-hmm. That's um, Mikey Bennett mm-hmm. and EC3. I think. Yeah. yeah. 
I think Matt Hardy's damaged goods to them. Matt Hardy, the Jeff, Hardy, yeah. both, both the Hardys. Both of them. Hardy boys. Kurt Angle is kind of damaged goods God, to them. I, I would love to see Kurt come back, but though. Did I would see love what, to see Kurt come did back. Did you see what Kurt posted? Yeah, he's taking on – well, I know he's taking on Cody Rhodes here recently. Oh, no, 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 Here no. soon. Well, yeah, that too. Did y'all see Cody Rhodes' checklist that he tweeted? Apparently, no. he, he has a lot of um, – a lot of things he wants to do now that he is back in and as an independent wrestler. Like I saw um, one that said Bola, so he wants to compete at Battle of Los Angeles mm-hmm. and ROH. Pretty much, like you know, he wants to hit up every it's, indie. I met, I respect the hell out of Cody Rhodes, and I'll tell you why. I met him backstage in Birmingham before I ever had my first match. That was eight years ago or so, and uh, you know, it was back when they were doing the gimmick with um with Orton and him and Ted DiBiase Jr. were running around Legacy. Legacy. Legacy, yeah. I love back when they were doing Legacy. And that night was the night that they jumped uh Ric Flair and bloodied him on top of the announce table. And uh but and you know, I think I think a bunch of people come out there and run them off and everything and then they come running back through the curtain, start running through the hallways, just messing with everybody. <laughs> it's like they ran we were watching on screen. I was I was back there with uh Natalia uh, Luke Gallows was, was back there with me watching, and we were all in the hallway watching on the monitor. And all of a sudden, like everybody walks down the hallway and is like, "Oh, y'all are watching on the monitor out here." Well, y'all don't know there's a monitor over here and everything. It was like, "Yeah, but you know, there's a bunch of people around it, you know." So we were watching on a monitor in the hallway, and all of a sudden, we started gathering a crowd in the hallway, <laughs> all these different people. And there's Natalia, there's Luke Gallows coming up, and he's doing Festus at the time and everything, and so. <clears throat> We're uh, we're sitting there kind of watching the monitor, seeing what's happening, and we see we see Cody and Ted take off, you know, get run off by the faces out front, you know, him and the, the two of them and Orton got run off by I guess Triple H or somebody, and they come running through the curtain, they come running back, and they're still running, they're running down the hallway past us <laughs> in the back, and we're just kind of like, oh god, what? <laughs> uh, here is um, Cody Rhodes' checklist that he mm-hmm. put out on Twitter. Top of the list is Adam Cole. Oh, yeah. Dalton Castle. I love that dude. Bola, Battle of Los Angeles. Angle. Hero. The Miracle, in quotations. Mm-hmm. Moose. Ha. Moose. Pat, Pat Buck. The Streamers thing. Young Bucks. Trevor Lee. This next match, God, I hope it happens. Shibata. Oh. Personal ring announcer, Roderick Strong. <laughs> so he has got some big plans for what's coming up. I got to meet Roderick Strong. Roderick's a pretty cool guy. Uh, I drove him from Memphis to Dyersburg for that uh, NWA Mid South show that him and JJ Dillon were on. And uh, it was him. It was him and JJ Dillon in the car, and I was just kind of smiling the whole time. You know, just you know, what are we going to get a story about next? <laughs> 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 you know, but no, I, b- back to my story about uh, Cody. I respect the hell out of Cody because uh, he, lo- he, you know, was really encouraging of me uh, in just the few seconds that he talked to me, you know, about, you know, I, and, you know, my trainer was there, Ken was there, and he looked over at Cody and he says, yeah, you know, it's like, Dan, he, he hadn't even had his first match yet. And Cody's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I said, I'm working on it, you know, and I, I was a few months away from debuting and everything. And, he's, and Cody just says, look, just have fun. That's all you got to worry about. Just have fun, you know. And that's all it was to Cody. It was fun, you know. And if it wasn't fun anymore, he just didn't want to be there. 
So, I, you know, I can understand him getting it's, stifled creatively and it's, getting it's, frustrated and everything, you know. We talked about this last week. Um, that it's funny how much they dropped the ball with him and Damian Sandow. Hell, yeah. I mean, everything they gave those two guys in particular, mm-hmm. they ran with. It does not it, – the Damian Sandow release did not make sense to me. It does not make sense to me whatsoever. He was over, and he wasn't even out there doing anything <laughs> for a month. He was – well, he was sitting there, you know, selling for the Miz in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the stunt double thing got him over like crazy. That whole stunt double gimmick for Miz, that that mm-hmm. got him over like crazy. And people still loved it after it was over, and then he just disappeared. You know, they still loved the guy. Yeah, if you wanted to see Damian Sandow, you had to – um you had to watch him on like uh, up, up, down, down, or something like that yeah. because he was the only. That was the only thing that 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 release made no sense to me. Of all the releases that you know, you know that one and that one and Alex Riley kind of shocked me because they put a lot of stock into Alex Riley and and put him out there on NXT a couple of yeah. times. And I thought I thought they could make something of that character that he was in NXT that last go around. Yeah, they could make something of that, but they. You know, it, I don't know. Personal issues, backstage issues, whatever came into uh, play. I, Who knows? But you know, the word word on the street was it was something about him and Cena. No, he that's always the go to reason, though. Yeah, you know, Cena, fuck me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. But real quick, going back to the Kurt Angle thing. This is something he posted, and it's got everybody going nuts right now. Mm-hmm. I see so much talent in wrestling today, but I don't believe that wrestling has an identity anymore. The Attitude Era, 97 to 2002. The Ruthless Aggression Era, 03 to 09. What makes it special today besides the young array of talent? They need something. It just moved on me. They need something to ignite the wrestling fans, to ignite the universe. Mm-hmm. It's time to lead the charge. Stay tuned. Hashtag it's true. Hashtag is let's the, make wrestling great again. Is that was that the with the with the uh, graphic of the let's make wrestling game again great again? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I, I think I saw that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And you know wherever he's going, man, I hope he shows up and makes a big bang. Yeah, and of course everybody's thinking that he's coming back to WWE just because of all the references he had. And I really hope so. And even said to ignite the universe. Yeah, I mean that's. That uh, that got me excited, and I probably need to change right I now. I think he needs to go down. <laughs> I, th- I think the best thing for Kurt Angle would be going back to NXT. Would be going down to NXT. What'd you think of the two K seventeen commercial there, Mike? I haven't actually seen the commercial. You but haven't I seen did, the commercial. I, I, I did read. Okay. I, I know the whole you know Goldberg thing now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Boo your. Yeah, I just wasn't. I don't know. Go out back and just, <laughs> It just didn't. It didn't get me excited. I was expecting some uh, storyline stuff, but eh. Go well, forward. that tells me he's a shoe in for Hall of Fame next year. Maybe. So yeah. That just tells me. That just tells me that. So. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if anything else will come of it. You know, yeah. uh, you know it's, that's so he how may got- have one of those Mick Foley moments where I was like, "My kids are older now and they want to see me wrestle." <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we also had. That's also how you know they got Sting back in or got a couple matches out of him in the WWE was through w- through the video game. So who right. knows if that's going to lead? Could Goldberg still have a good match these days? Yeah. Did he ever okay. really it, have it, any great yeah, matches? Say, if it's have- over yeah. four minutes, no. <laughs> <laughs> But then you know who would they put him against? I swear, I 
I was watching old WCW like a while back, right? And all of a sudden they have Mongo McMichaels versus Goldberg. And I'm like, dear God. <laughs> and that match lasted longer than the main event. I'm like, this is a Goldberg match. It shouldn't go over two minutes. But him and McMichaels were throwing each other through tables, not selling shit. <laughs> you know, just beating the hell out of one another. And eventually, like, all of a sudden Goldberg just jackhammers him and the match is over. It just, the whole psychology was just shot to shit, you know. So it, it's, And speaking of WCW, it was just last week was the 20-year anniversary of Scott Hall showing up on Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. 20 uh, years. A moment that changed wrestling forever. Yep. Um, oh, man, I had a point I want to get back to. Going back to the um, brand split. <laughs> Uh, it's looking like Roman Reigns will be the top guy on, on Raw. Raw. On Raw. John Cena will be the top guy on SmackDown, which, you know, Vince has to get. With his Ellen DeGeneres jorts. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, Vince has to get stop this idea of you got to have one guy on top. Every co- Every other company in the world has multiple guys, has multiple stars. Yeah. You right. watch Lucha Underground, they treat every single talent they have mm-hmm. like they're superstars because they are. Yeah. I mean, that's why these guys go from the WWE to Lucha Underground. You know, that's why you're seeing Matt Morgan and as um, Son of Havoc. That's why you're seeing Johnny Mundo, and he's doing a great job over there mm-hmm. in Lucha Underground. Vince just doesn't know what he has. You know, he, it, it, it's first off, they got to be this super muscular guy. You know, there has to be one guy on top. And if you look throughout the history of the WWE, Hulk Hogan, uh, before that, Bruno, San Martino, mm-hmm. then Bob Backlund, then Hulk Hogan, uh, Rock and Cena. You know, the Attitude Era, they actually made more stars. Mm-hmm. And Stone Cold. Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, The Undertaker got magnified. You know, they made the Hardy Brothers. They made Edge and Christian. The Dudleys started getting a bigger push in WWE around right. then. And, you know, that era, yeah, yeah they kind of got away from the traditional one guy on top that yeah. is Superman. But they had competition also. That's exactly right. I was going to get to that. You know, competition always brings out the best in us, best in everything. But they got to get away from that. And hopefully, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how these brands are run, too. Shane getting one, Steph getting one. and then You figure they'd have to do that. Yeah, which, it, you know, it's been done before. Yeah. And then at the top of it, you have the 70-year-old out-of-touch man that just can't seem to... You got Shane, Shane running one, Stephanie running one, and then all of a sudden everybody craps their pants when when Triple H shows up and he's got all of NXT behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a Wednesday live show, bitch. <laughs> and it's six hours long. <laughs> we got someone uh, new in our chat room. We've got Shut the Front Door. Shut the front door. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I I wanted to get back to that point there though. Um, I saw it was somebody it was somebody who was a corporate figure in WWE. I can't remember if it was Triple H or BG James. Um, he they were saying something to the effect of you know everything, everything consider everything in WWE a play, and everybody's got their part that they have to play. You know. And, you know, by that same token, you don't have the same lead actor the whole time, you know? Right. So, I mean, if everybody comes up and it's the same play over and over again, you're eventually going to run out of people that want to watch that play, you know? You want to see something different, you know? And it's like you said before, our attention spans aren't worth shit anymore. (laughs) You know, I watch watch Raw every week. I watch it live on Monday nights because Mm -hmm. I'm a glutton for punishment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know that. You see, I don't have that luxury of being a glutton for punishment because I cut my cable off. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm too lazy to watch it live well, because I hate commercials. There you yeah. go. So, <laughs> see, I'm the glutton for punishment now. Since we record on Tuesdays now, I probably won't see it until Wednesday or Thursday. Well, so. well, look, if, I, if I wait for it to come on the network, I'm a month behind. You yeah. know. <laughs> um, but it's just I don't know. I'm a glutton for punishment, and that and just like last night, I was watching. I was like, you know, Stephanie and Shane come out, and then. The new day come out in the middle. I'm like, man, this is getting. Let's get to some action here. Yeah, yeah. And it's just long. These long promos to set up the show. Um, kudos to the WWE. They finally started doing stuff with the club like they need to be doing. Yes. Yeah. They beat down. They beat. Well, Gallows and Anderson beat down the New Day in a match, and then AJ made the big heel turn mm-hmm. and took out Cena with the club. Yeah. So now they're they're making AJ a heel. Now, how was the crowd reaction on that? Because I I, I only got to see a few seconds of the video of it, you know. So I got to see I got to see them three, you know, all beating down Cena, and the crowd reaction that I heard that was most likely edited (laughs) was kind of mixed. You know, it was like, oh, oh, oh," shut the front door in our chat room. Says, think about it: three hours live on Sunday, three hours live on Monday, and two hours live on Tuesday. Eight hours of live wrestling on the weeks of pay per views. That's yeah. a that is that's a full shift of wrestling. I'd go into wrestling then, overload, <laughs> and then Wednesdays you've got the one hour, one hour of NXT. NXT. Plus, you know you got other stuff you want to watch on the network. Like I need to watch the Seth Rollins thing. Now, here's another thing I don't get: you bring Seth Rollins is in as a heel, or you <laughs> want him to be a heel. <laughs> then they make a special on the network about the struggle for him to come back from an ACL tear. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. Don't show that if you want people to boo him. Then you're, you're going to people. Well, are that's get just it. They don't expect people to boo him. They, <laughs> at this point, you know. No, they they. Roman Reigns is just another Cena. You know. Well, they yeah. they wanted him. They had him go out there and cut a heel promo on his first night back, mm-hmm. and they wanted him to go out there and get boos and. You know. Then they right after it's like, hey, check out how Seth Rollins came back from this yeah. <laughs> meniscus tear and ACL tear. I mean, it's and just, apparently he tweeted something. You know about Memorial Day, and you know it was very, you know, nice, you know, kind right. words, all that. And I saw somebody like retweeted. It was like that's not a very heel thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, kayfabe's so dead anyway. Yeah. It's not even funny. But it's just they do stuff like that. Um, and so what, what, this, this one I think is so funny is like we have a, we've had a few local wrestlers come up to us and say, "You guys talk about you know too much behind the scenes or too much behind the business." It's like, do you watch the network? <laughs> The network freaking kayfabe is dead, dude. The network is a kayfabe breaking machine. You got breaking ground. The Seth Rollins special. You know, you got the the ride along show. Table for three. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all it is. Is swerved, swerved, which comes back next month or next week. Freaking 2016, dude. Kayfabe is dead. Sorry, you know. Yep. The only thing I don't like, you know, honestly, I can say as workers, like I hate the word fake. Don't call it fake. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, predetermined. Predetermined is the word I use all the time. You say, I use, you say predetermined all you want to, but when you know when we hit the mat, it's real as all get out. I use <laughs> I use realistically choreographed. Uh, yeah. oh, you're trying to if, sound all smart and shit. Yeah, exactly. Big words. You got, exactly. broke out the thesaurus on that one. <laughs> I use realistic choreograph because you know I and like I've said this many times. I'm not a professional wrestler. I never trained, but I have taken a bump. Good God. Yep. Uh, I remember uh, I I was rest- I did a thing where they put me in an amateur match with a guy named Loose Cannon up in ASWF in mm-hmm. Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I was 
the the story was I was going to get the upper hand amateur wise because I what now I was an amateur wrestler I can mm-hmm. go I'll I'll, I'll uh, you know I can I can still go amateur wrestling so I was in my singlet and finally when I got over on this guy enough he popped me in the head and the beat down ensued mm-hmm. but I took a couple of bumps and it's like God dog mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always had prof- respect for professional wrestlers always have always loved it had even more after that because yeah. now it's like wow this is what I had another match. It was me, Titanic, and my dad versus Austin Lane, and I think Scott Fury and his partner. Scott Fury. I can't remember the other guy, but <laughs> Austin. Uh, I was I was trying to bump for him as much as I could, you know, really sell a beat down. And mm-hmm. Austin was like, "This guy's bumping his ass off. I've got to give him something." So he gave, let me give him a clothesline. I got to crawl to the ring and tag in Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a fun time. So that was my foray into professional wrestling got to and also got to ref and match with handsome jimmy valiant which will be between that and uh being a part of the occupy raw movement those are my biggest moments ever and yeah that, that was my only uh experience in professional wrestling we got to be right next to that mat man yep that was fun that was fun but it's yeah. a weird rink to bump on too it's a it's it's real ropes too yeah you know so and you know it's just it's really cool. It's it's a different. It's it's totally different from when you're on TV and you're actually there looking at everything, you know. And I got to sit there for two or three hours and watch put together everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that alone is just a freaking. It's like uh, its own spectacle. Yeah, there you go. It's its own spectacle because it's like there's not just one guy w- walking from place to place putting one thing together. There's 200 people right. all over everything, all over every inch of the set, all over every inch of the lighting, all over every inch of the ring, and they're all they've all got their own individual job, and they're they're doing it all together at one time, and it's just like an orchestra going to get going at it, putting a whole venue together. Yep. So, so I'm going to ask you this, guys, and this will be our final summation of the topic. Are you excited for the brand split? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm I'm towing the line. It's needed I'm, to be I'm more here. excited than not. I'll say it like that. There you go. So we'll move on to the next topic that I wanted to get to. Dan. Yeah. Last Thursday. Yes. I was not here last Thursday. Well, well, or well, last Tuesday. Either I mean, we weren't. We weren't either. I we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, had, uh, I got called in to help set up the wildfire show last week, so I wasn't on the podcast last Tuesday. So, but, you know. Um Tell us what happened at old Wildfire Wrestling down there at Alshima Shrine. Alchemia Shriner Shriner's Temple. Out there, off, yeah. right down the street from Putt Putt. Yep. Over there on Shelby Oaks. Yep. Off of uh, Shelby place. Oaks. Uh, summer. Uh, seen it a couple we times. Bit familiar with Putt Putt. Sycamore View and Shelby Oaks over there. And, you know, just run, you can see the expressway from there practically. So Yeah. But, uh, no, I, it was a, I was real impressed with the show. Uh, it was a great night. Um I announced, you know, so I was impressed with the announcing on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would expect so. Yeah, um, you know, uh, we had, uh, there was Komodo versus Dazzler. Oh. Uh, that was a real good match. Um, let's. I'm trying to think of what all else happened. Uh, there was supposed to be Precious versus Antonio Garza for like the fifth time, but he, he backed out and put Bishop Cage in front of him again. Nah. And so now they're having a cage match. With uh, and of course, I mean, there, the uh, the Dazzler and Komodo match is supposed to take place inside a steel cage again, coming June sixteenth and everything. So now, Precious gets in a cage with Antonio Garza, 
Um, I'm trying to think who el- what else happened. Uh, there was Josh Crow versus, I believe it was Carlos Rios. Carlos Rios. Yes. Carlos Rios was back. He's kind of new in the scene down there in Wildfire Wrestling. Yeah, he had to take a month off. He actually flew to Puerto Rico. His father was having some uh, health issues and okay. stuff. So. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, you know, we we uh, cut a good little interview segment and welcoming him back and everything. And uh, Derek King comes out and announces he's retiring Yep. Uh, during the uh, R&D in, in the studio segment. Uh, this is going to be his last year in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, well, before he uh, goes out, he's going to actually face Carlos Rios in a steel cage on June the 16th now. <laughs> okay. well, I think he's – now that – well, he's not going to retire until next year. Uh, yeah. Well, so he's he, 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 they came out during the R&D segment and acted like he was retiring. He was going away. And there wasn't going to be a ah, final gotcha, match of right, gotcha, kind, gotcha, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, but now, it, you know. And Randy Hales is now in charge. He is, he is just everywhere. Wildfire <laughs> wrestling. He's everywhere, yeah. That's uh, awesome. You know. I like I like. I, I love Randy to death, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there, Randy, Randy has that uh, mindset where you're not going to tell him what to do, and right. they, he pointed that out on his interview. You know, yes. you're not going to yeah. tell Randy what to do, and there's been a couple of places that have tried to tell Randy what to do here lately, and he's had to move on from them. So, <laughs> and for those for those that um, for those that never who do not know who Randy Hales is, he ran the Memphis Power Pro Wrestling. Yes, um, and when, the, when it was running as Power Pro Wrestling and. The Rock and Kurt Angle yeah. and everybody was coming through town before they even hit WWF. Uh, everybody was coming through Memphis as a training territory, and Randy was in charge of it to some extent as far as, you know, the on-screen bookings and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he's, he's been a fixture of Memphis wrestling for, God, uh, decades. Yeah, for- so, <clears throat> but... Um, there was a there was one segment there was an opening segment uh, where I came out and I you know I was talking about the steel cage matches and everything at the front of the show and I bring out Randy and Randy brings out Jerry the King Lawler and they and before they came out there I was showing clips from the infamous steel cage match with Austin Idol versus Jerry Lawler hair versus hair mm-hmm. and Tommy Rich comes out <laughs> from underneath there and. You know they didn't get they didn't get past the end result where Austin has a hard time getting out of the building. <laughs> they didn't show that part, but uh, you know uh, King comes out and talks about it, and so does Randy and everything. And uh, King puts over that he never has forgiven, uh, never has forgiven Tommy Rich. And so now they've booked. Uh, they said. Um, you know, he wanted he wanted a match with Tommy Rich to even the score. And Tommy Rich said with one with one uh stipulation that it was him and a partner versus uh Doug Gilbert and Tommy Rich. So Dangerous Doug Gilbert and Tommy Rich are now going against Jerry the King Lawler and Bill Dundee. <laughs> in, wow. a, in a cage <laughs> wow. on June sixteenth. So I mean it's it's something else, man. I'm yep. I'm excited for it. And you know that night too, we had um we had a six man tag match, and it was R and D with uh it was Raphael King with his two personal bodyguards uh, versus Jerry Lawler 
Bill's a superstar Dundee and Grandmaster Six A Brian Christopher. And <laughs> all hell broke loose during this match, as you can imagine. I mean, it's by the end of it and everything, and they you know, they snuck brass knucks in the ring and got got a three count on Brian. So of course now it's gonna be a steel cage match with Brian going against Raphael King in a steel cage on uh, June 16th. So oh, there's yeah. every match is going to be in a steel cage June 16th wildfire. So and then you can check them out on, on Facebook. Just, on Facebook, just you can wildfire wrestling. And you all you have to do is just listen to the sultry sounds of Derek Chappelle as he <laughs> as he talks to you and tells you all about the. <laughs> You know, I'm just, the I, events that I, are coming I, up for wildfire. You know, it's, I love I love the video package. Don't, you yeah, know, yeah, it's great. I, the video package is awesome. Your voice was awesome, and everything. You know, it's like I I was cutting it too, but I I I hadn't had anything to drink that day, <laughs> apparently, or or I hadn't had any sleep because the guy that listened to me cut my promos was like, "Yeah, uh, you sound like you just woke up, dude." <laughs> <laughs> well, so. it, was, it was fun to get to do that, and um, yeah, yeah it we're was gonna, cool. I'm going to try to be at the next wildfire wrestling show, hopefully. We can get out there and maybe bring a webcam or two and set those up, and uh, you know maybe do a little online show. Maybe for them. do it a little YouTube live or Facebook live one. Yeah, Even yeah. If we can't do that, I want to be there. Yeah, yeah. It's good. So. They got a night in the slammer. That's what this show's called. Mm-hmm. And the month after that is the Fourth of July, and there's going to be a two cool reunion. Yep. Yeah. With Rikishi. Yeah. That's all that. And um, Scotty Too Hotty. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fun show. And then after that in August. You've got the women's ladies, the ladies' night event. The ladies' night so. event. That's actually going to be on Wednesday instead of a Thursday. Yep. So for Women Crush Wednesday, Wildfire Wrestling Ladies' Night featuring Mickey James, mm-hmm. the Mickey James, the she, Mickey James, which is incredible that she's going to come do a show like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other independent wrestling women coming down for this tournament mm-hmm. to be crowned the first ever women's. Wildfire Wrestling Championship. If you guys are subscribers and everything, uh, just keep checking us out. I've got it. I've got it in the works. It's not finalized yet, and we may or may not do it still. But uh, we're, we're working we're, on we're it. We're working on it. We're going to try to have a tournament roster reveal show uh, if we can work it out the right way. So once uh, once Kevin's got all of his participants finalized and all the brackets that he thinks he's going to have in place, we'll have our show, and we might even have a special guest join us as we well. May. We so. may. We're working on it. Exclusively, exclusively. So, was, was that all that went on at Wildfire? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, um, th- there was there was uh, one or two extra matches. There was, I want to say, there was Action Jackson versus Josh Crow, but I could be wrong. Um, I, I like Action Jackson. Too. I love Action. I he that. popped mm-hmm. his shoulder out of the socket yeah. last time, uh, legit, like for shoot. And I actually had to, I actually had to grab hold of the ropes. And grab hold of his good arm and drag him out of the ring because apparently when you go back into a locker room and you go, hey, I need all the faces out here. This guy is actually hurt for real. <laughs> Nobody takes you seriously. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then they get back and he's, he's got a separated shoulder and everybody's like, well, fuck, he's really hurt. I'm like, I'm yelling in the yard locker room at you fucking man. Tell us about um, how different the venue is for the Shrine Circus or for the Shrine. The Shriner's Temple. To, um, the Shriner's Temple as opposed to Minglewood. It's wide open. Um, there's not as much lighting as um, Minglewood. So, you know, um, 
our production company, Disc Jockeys, et cetera, actually, you know, we actually provide the lighting, the sound, the video screens, and everything. And, it, and I want to, I want to, I want to compliment you guys. You that that is a great setup you guys do. Oh, we we do club setups and everything for kids, and you know, we're 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 a multi-party functional. You know, and we can go go into any party and make it just rock with uh, the equipment we've got. So. But uh, you know, we put all that stuff up and everything. But we also had to we also had had to add lights to the system because we had to light up the ring too. You know, there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of lighting in there. But other than that, it's a great venue. It really is. I mean, it's 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 made for large gatherings. Um, you know, um, it's it's not as made to suit an actual live event like Minglewood is. Right. But. You know, Minglewood's a concert hall. I mean, you're, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but I mean, he, he's, he's in there and I think he's pretty much got the place strapped for every event until August that I know of, nice. um, you know, so I'm, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to try to build up his audience and everything. It's going to be a great, you know, place to do it. I think, you know, cause it's uh, anybody who complains that that's too far to drive for a wrestling show. Um, no, sorry. You know. No. Need to get up off your ass and go to a wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> really, you know, you know, it's really the the biggest game in town right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got Wildfire Wrestling, SGWA, still doing their stuff out in South Haven. Yes, SGWA um, is. MEW is working on getting back. Yeah, they're they're in they're up in the air, but they're uh, they're still working on it. They're in action on it, you know. So, but so get out there, support Wildfire Wrestling, Alshima Shrine Temple, Alchemia, Alchemia, Alchemia Shrine Temple, Alchemia Shrine, Shelby Temple. Oaks, out there on Shelby Oaks. I mean, it's June a, the sixteenth, Night you know, in the Slammer. You get there's so many areas that you now get to tap into. You got Bartlett right there. Mm-hmm. You've got Cordova. It's a, it's really far. centrally located. It's a great it's it's a great venue right. for location. It really is. It's literally just right off of the interstate. Right. So you know, like I said, you can see the interstate from it. Yeah. I mean, you look out the front door, you're going to see the interstate. Yeah. So. Lucha Underground this past week, um, Brian Cage. Now, do you guys know what the Gift of the Gods title is? I could make something up. It's <laughs> too, okay, so with Lucha Underground, <laughs> when they get close to the end of the season, they um, do these matches for these medallions. Mm-hmm. Then they do a ceremony where you put the medallions in this badass – It's one of the, it, it actually looks better than their world title, this Gift of the Gods title. Well, then they do a seven-person match mm-hmm. to see who is the Gift of the Gods champion. Hmm. Um, and uh, up until this point, like I said, everyone had their medallion except Brian Cage, who was stolen by Chavo Guerrero. Ah. And that, Still stealing stuff, huh? So Brian Cage, <laughs> when they go out for the ceremony and Chavo <laughs> comes out, he Brian Cage beats him up. Takes his bag with the medallion in it, and it was a fake. It wasn't the real medallion, and it was taped to the back of a chair that Chavo used over the head of Brian Cage, and he put it in, and he was in the Gift of the Gods title. So later that night, they had the Gift of the Gods championship match, and Brian Cage comes out. And I've showed you a picture of Brian Cage. And what oh, yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Complete monster. Yeah. He came out and whooped everyone's ass. I mean, everyone in the match. He just destroyed them. Wow. Then, after he does it, he takes Chavo Guerrero on the last guy in the ring, Mm -hmm. drapes him over him, one, two, three. And everyone's like, wait a minute, what is Cage doing? Mm -hmm. And it turns out what he he, um, was talking to Dario Cueto, who is the guy that runs Lucha Underground. And after that, he has a match for the last week he got a match for the Gift of the Gods. 
against Chavo. Mm-hmm. So that match happened. That was it. Was like uh, if Chavo won, he got to face him for no, the title. Is that what the? Well, no. The gift of the gift of the gods, kind of like money in the bank. You can use it any time to cash in. Okay. And get a world okay. title. Um, and like I said, the belt looks better than the world championship. But so last week, Brian Cage <laughs> and Chavo Guerrero wrestled for the gift of the god title. Brian Cage won, mm-hmm. and he announced this week coming up tomorrow night on El Rey Network, Lucha Underground, that he is going to be taking on Matanza Cueto mm-hmm. for the Lucha Underground Championship match. That match mm-hmm. is going to be incredible. Wow. Uh, Matanza is one of the most athletic big guys I think I've ever seen. And he does his power slams. You know how when Randy Orton does his power slam, he takes the guy over first with yeah, his yeah, head? Yeah. He does it opposite, so his feet go first, and then he slams them down. Oh, that's crazy. It, it, it looks incredible, but check out. I'd hate to bump on that. <laughs> check out the Gift of the Gods title. Does Holy the, crap. Does that title not look just badass? That looks like the TCW title. That looks yeah, like that's pretty awesome. That looks like the TCW title to me. Yeah. So, but I could be wrong on that one. <laughs> and it's looking like um, um, we're going to ha- be having uh, Pentagon Jr. come back soon. He's being... They've shown him being kind of tortured by Vampiro, who's his master. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm ready. And Vampiro's like, you're not ready yet. And he had him kind of strung up, and he had like a two-by-four wrapped in barbed wire. And Golly. I mean, yeah. It, <laughs> Pentagon Jr. is badass. And Woo. we also have new trios champions with Johnny Mundo, PJ Black, and, uh, Jack, Black. and Jack Evans, the Dragon Slayer. They beat Dragon Azteca Jr., Rey Mysterio, and Prince Puma to win those titles. Wow. Yeah. And have y'all seen that's all we really had for Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Have y'all seen the Ricochet yes. Will Ospreay match? Yes. No, haven't seen it yet. Yes. You gotta you, see it. You gotta see it. Now, can you you as a pro wrestler, what did you think of that match? I'm of the, I'm of the same opinion that I, I and I've seen all the opinions online and everything. I'm of the same opinion as William Regal. There is different art forms of pro wrestling. You know, and it goes back to the same statement as the, it, wrestling is a play and everybody plays their part. That match plays a different part from every other match on the card. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, and some people think it's horse shit, you know, thing that they, they just think it's gymnastics or whatever the fuck, you know, you know, Cornette, I'm sure, had an opinion on it. And <laughs> Vader was the one that got a lot of the publicity. Vader. I'm not going to even answer. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's here's my thoughts on it. Not every match can be lock up, headlock, shuck off, exactly. Hit the ground or pop down, pop back up, to mm-hmm. shoulder tackle. You know, right. not every match can be that. I mean, I'll give you an I'll give you an example of myself. You know, uh, you got people that come to wrestling shows in this area that would just want to see a fight. You know, well, I wasn't a fighter; I was a wrestler. And sometimes it took people a week or two of me coming to a show and doing my thing that they would finally realize this guy's a wrestler. And there was more often than not, on my way to the ring, I would hear somebody in the crowd saying, now we're going to see a fucking wrestling match. (laughs) You know, because they knew I was the guy that wrestled. I wasn't the guy that came out there and hit somebody over the head with a steel chair or guitar or anything else. I was the guy that wrestled. You know, and I could out wrestle anybody on the card. That's what those people knew, and they bought into me. So yeah. that's that's how I got over as a wrestler, and I loved that because that's how I wanted to be remembered as. You know, right. I wanted to be remembered as the guy on the card who could wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I like what um, uh, Big E said 
on that match. Um, mm-hmm. Someone said, watch, someone, he retweeted. And he, Him and Xavier Woods tweeted on that. He said, uh, too much crowd-pleasing, awe-inspiring action, didn't give fans a chance to chant something random or do the wave because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're too busy being <laughs> entertained. So th- I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, these athletes. Those kicks from Osprey, man. Yeah. Holy well, shit. I, I, that, <laughs> I just love that whole, when they did the – Front handspring into the ropes, came back, both did a backflip and just landed superhero landing style and just kind of looked at it. He turned each other. a vertical suplex into a stunner. Yeah. <laughs> and that ki- that kick Will Ospreay does, where the twisting kick. Yeah. That's, I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like every kick that Ospreay did. Holy and, shit. You know, and that's not all they do over in New Japan. They also have guys that can wrestle, like Shibata. Mm-hmm. You know, they have, they have Kushida, who is my favorite professional wrestler in the world right now because he's flipping awesome mm-hmm. and right now they're doing the battle of super juniors which you can watch on njpw world for 999 yen which is mm. comes out to eight bucks and some change shout out to new japan world <laughs> go check it out it is worth it the, the battle of the super juniors coming up you'll have the g1 climax this year a lot of great content you know go japan. eat buffet you go get new japan world <laughs> yeah that's right that's right i mean it's it, it is they just they put on such a good show over there and it's all based it's the sport of professional wrestling, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, you know, it's different. The way the way it was described to me when when I started getting into the business is like there's different flavors of ice cream. Yep, yeah. you got chocolate, you got vanilla, you got cookie dough, you got you know every flavor under the sun. Some people are chocolate people, some people are vanilla people, some people won't touch any other flavor but you know cookies and cream. Right, you know. I mean, you know, and then, you know, you ask somebody if they want vanilla. Oh, hell no, I don't want vanilla, you know? <laughs> so, you know. Who wants to watch Alberto Del Rio wrestle? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now that he's with Paige, yeah, damn it. Pisses me off more. You know, fuck you, Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We got some action going on in the chat room. Shut the front door. Ask, do you think Roman Reigns is a tough guy? Yes. Yes. I would, I'll, 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 I'll say. Absolutely. I think he's tougher than anybody realizes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so Jerry Lawler doesn't drink, but I heard he opened up a bar in Memphis. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely 100% true. He yep. does not drink, but he opened up a bar in Memphis. Uh, he knows where the money is. He knows where the money well, is, especially exactly. Especially on Beale Street. And, you yeah. know, he's got, I bet you he has a, you know, a, a, probably a garage full of, memorabilia that he doesn't want to he's got a, he's got an entire uh he's got an entire room in his house dedicated to coke memorabilia yeah like coca-cola he stuff that, he's got yeah. like the old coca-cola signs and you know it just about any toy or yeah, yeah. They've coke, done coke like machines. several, yeah. They've done several like news stories on yeah. that when they just need something to fill the time. That, yeah. Hey, let's go to Lawler's and see his coke collection. Yeah. Now. Um, George in the chat room, our buddy George. It was an incredibly fun match, but for me, I need psychology behind high spots. I get they were trying to show both wrestlers were equal equals, but I do ask about the selling element. Noticing that Osprey doesn't sell much in his matches, maybe that's because he's still young. Which that can be. I mean, I will say sometimes in those high spot matches, it's get up, go, 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 go. Yeah. Not much selling, but that can always be fixed pretty. pretty with them, cool. it would. Uh, with them, I would have to say, maybe it was more of a thing to show what they could do. Right. You know. And you know what they could do, what they could get away with when they're given their own. You know, mm-hmm. when they're given their own slate to go by. You know. Um. Because, I mean, hell, it got everybody talking. 
yeah. didn't it? Right. So, and, I mean, that was the whole point of what they did. It got everybody talking. So, Did you watch the one uh, on Axis this I past weekend? I haven't. I'm behind on that. Yeah, because they – I still don't like how they show them from, like, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not showing anything current, but they had uh, – it was Shibata versus AJ Styles in a great match, and then uh, Tanahashi, and I cannot remember the other guy's name. But, I mean, you know, it's only an hour show. They only had two matches, but, I mean, that's all it was. It was just wrestling for a full hour. Yeah. And they're both great matches. And uh, uh, they've got so many good workers over there. Yeah. And, it's uh, you know, some of those guys – New Japan may get a hit. I know a lot of their guys are on two-year deals like Osprey or something like that. Kenny Omega and the Bucks, I think, are on like a two-year deal. But there's some other guys over there they could start chasing for this yeah. brand split. So it's going to be real interesting. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to, I think he's still the West Tennessee champion. We'll find out. We'll find out. But we will be right back. <laughs> we're going to be talking to Jared Ethan. Stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. Yeah, a little green day to bring us back here as we Heck are yeah. being joined by, I meant to ask you this when we were talking off the air, are you still the West Tennessee champion, Jared? I actually am not, I just lost the West Tennessee oh. title to uh, you got to bring up bad memories, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, <laughs> we are talking to the former West Tennessee champion, Jared Ethan. Jared, thank you so much for coming on the show today, we really do appreciate it. Absolutely, my pleasure. Well, what made you uh, a fan of professional wrestling before you started wrestling? Oh, dear. Um, man, when I was little, me and my grandpa used to watch Memphis Wrestling every Saturday morning. You know, my cousin Jeremy and him and his family come over every Saturday to do a big family yard sale. And right in front of television was me and Jeremy Moore just watching Channel 5 Wrestling, Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, Soul Taker, all the, you know, the guys. Very cool. Who were some of you, do you remember who some of your um, granddad's favorites were? Oh god, he loved Jerry Lawler and he loved the uh W.S. Fargo's. He loved them. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Who were some of your favorites growing up? Oh man, I loved uh Stone Cold of course, The Rock. And uh loved all the NWO. I loved Razor Ramon. Yeah, he was a bad guy. Yep. <laughs> well, how long yeah, have you been bad guy, right? How long have you been wrestling? I've been in about four years now. It'll be four years in July, I believe. Cool deal. I I, I, I remember wrestling uh, on a few cards with Jared, and he always seemed like he had promise and kept his ears open and everything, and which is a great trait to have and everything. I'm always willing to learn I stuff. Remember, so. I think I remember wrestling with you at the Summer Guard Armory. Was that it? National Guard Armory, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, More uh, than likely. <laughs> it seems familiar. I know I was always somewhere around the building. I was there in the corner usually, not myself, always. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, who did you, who only talked to me is the Greenhorn. Who did tra- who did you train with? I was trained by Tim Edwards, Jeremy Moore, Josh Wicksilver Turner, and uh, this is just a host of other people that I just got in the ring with. You know, 
I was beat around by Chris Rocker, Sergio Riley, Justin Hill, you know, just whoever basically would get in the ring with me, I was like, teach me something, you know. There you go. That's this, a way to learn. Back in the day, my cousin Jeremy ran New Blood Wrestling out of Newburn. You guys ever remember that one? Oh, yeah, I worked at that one, actually. So I started out in the concession stand, and, you know, my mom was always, no, don't let him in the ring, don't let him in the ring, don't let him in the ring, of course. She turned her back, and they snuck me in the ring. Boyd. <laughs> you know, nice. And then they really, uh, they really just like, yeah, don't worry, he'll be safe. Don't worry, Masada. Several bruises later in the concussion, I'm, <laughs> I'm wrestling. There you go. <laughs> Always fun. Good memories. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. Uh, so, when uh, when did you have your first match? Didn't Do you remember who it was against? I do, actually. It was July. It was at PIWF, and I wrestled Quicksilver. Very cool. Um, my, the, I saw you. <clears throat> I got to go to the SPW. Was it SPWA or SPW, Dan? Uh, SPW. It was the. I, I got to see you. Got you were in a fatal four way match with Jonathan Quicksilver Turner, uh, Austin Carrier, and yourself. And who was? How many people was that? One or two? That would be. Three. I think it was Christian Shane. That was it. Christian Shane. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure he would know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I guess <laughs> yeah. I'm the match, Derek. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was a great match. And uh, Kel- is Kelly still managing for you? Kelly's actually on hiatus still. I'm I'm desperately trying to get him to come back because you know we have a spot. I'm over in Ripley right now. I know you guys love Ripley. Ripley, <laughs> Ripley, Ripley. The center of the Mid South Wrestling Universe. <laughs> <laughs> sure. so I'm over there. And I'm trying to get Kelly to come back in because you know we can always use a good old manager. Very cool. You know. Well, um, what We're all undefeated together? That's, there you go. And, yeah, he has that style of managing where he always has the notepad. And what, what, you'll have to remind me the name of that app again. Oh, Lord. Um, the Incinerator Wrestler app, I believe. Wrestling Incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling Incinerator, I think. Yeah. I have no idea. I know the fans call it Angry Birds all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's an Angry Birds chant at least once while we're in the ring. Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Oh, my God. I just don't turn that into your gimmick to where you just start hurling yourself randomly at opponents and doing different things. I've really thought about it like a big slingshot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the negotiations. I want my P.O., a hot dog, a bottle of water, and a giant flu shot. <laughs> we, we're, we don't have the bottle of water, but we have the giant slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> Freak yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's great. I guess if I was an angry bird, I'd be the exploding one. You know, when you hit, you just kind of explode everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'd be the one that dropped the egg and it exploded. So basically, like, <laughs> I, I would just poop on people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would get over oh, really God, quick. <laughs> That's fitting for the bombs you drop normally throughout the podcast that most of the it's, listeners don't hear. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> it's been a bad night, too. <laughs> Mostly we've just been talking That's over great. your farts. Yeah. We haven't really been making any points or anything. It's just... That's <laughs> why we got your, your seat backed up in the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Jared, now you're up in Ripley now. Where all have you gotten to work around this area? Let's see. I've worked in Raymer. Of course, we've all worked in Raymer. I've been in Newburn and Dyersburg. I did NWA Mid South for a little bit. That was pretty fun. Met a lot of cool guys. And that's a that's a big deal too, wrestling for NWA Mid South because they have a hell of a roster up there. They really do. I mean, you know, I met some some of the greatest guys. I met Rocky Johnson, which was a complete honor. I met 
I can't remember which of the four horsemen, but I met one of them. That was really awesome. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Was it JJ Dillon? I think so. I think it might be Dillon. I met a lot of guys from around the area, like uh, Jack Van, I I believe. Mm-hmm. They're heavyweight champion. I met the owner of the NWA, which was really cool. He was a great guy. Mm-hmm. Very great guy. Greg's awesome. Yep, yep. We've had uh, we've had the old golden boy on uh, <laughs> the show a couple of times. A few times, yeah. You know, my cousin Jeremy Moore actually is their heavyweight champion right now. So I actually got to wrestle him, and you know, there's plenty of family animosity there. <laughs> do, y- <laughs> do y'all go into a little strong style in those matches? Oh yeah, he was like, I didn't expect you to hit me that hard. And I'm like, <laughs> He should have expected me to do that hard. We got 23 years worth of frustration to work out. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> small. Nice. <laughs> well, how when um so you've been wrestling for four years now. Um, if you had to explain your style uh, of wrestling a little bit about your character, I am definitely a fighter. Uh, my character is I'm basically that emo kid that in high school you didn't want to talk to because he's kind of off, you know. Like I was that bipolar guy that sits over in the corner and you piss him off and he's just going to attack you, you know? <laughs> Basically, that's kind of how I do. Like, you know, I, I'm not ever been the greatest technical wrestler, so you're going to out-wrestle me 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. But finally, you'll, you'll chain me to a point where I just like, hit much in the face and take over from there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just pretty much adapted to my style. And, you know, I'm a big guy, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot meaner if I was like, punch you right in the face. <laughs> so if you if you were to compare it to a wrestler today, wh- who would you compare your style to? Uh, Raven. I think I'd be a lot like Raven or what was his name? Billy Kidman. I think I'd be a lot like Kidman or Raven. Okay. Very cool. Organic wise. How much wrestling do you get to watch? Uh, you know when you're not working. Oh Lord, uh, not very much. I caught the highlights of Monday Night Raw. Like I read on the Spotlight on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I work quite a lot, but I try to catch as much as I can. I saw the match you guys were talking about, the Ricochet match. That was crazy. That was nuts, wasn't it? Oh, my it? gosh. Those guys, you yeah, know. I mean, I took time at work to watch that. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, I I couldn't even begin to be half as athletic as those guys are. Oh, I mean, I was blowing up watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, you and me both, man. <laughs> Have you gotten? A, yeah, I was sitting there and I took a big deep breath. I grabbed my inhaler. I took a shot off. Yeah. <laughs> How now? Um, is that? Have you ever gotten to watch any more New Japan other than that match? I watched some of the uh, Prince Deviant. Now, uh, you know, I watch some of his stuff every now and again because I was a really big fan of his style and like you know, he came out in those costumes and stuff, and that was always really cool. Yeah, his uh, the entrance he did for what I don't forget. I don't know if it was New Japan or if it was Pro Wrestling Noah. Or some other show, but when he came out as the Joker, man, that is one of the that was so sweet. That, that was yeah. one of the best entrances so awesome. he did. Wicked. I mean, I, I love a good entrance. Entrances are all, like you know ninety percent me because it's what it's what really hooked me as a fan. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like it's all about the intro. Even with my music now, I have an intro on it. It's it just something about it hooks me. You know, mm-hmm. when you hear Austin's laugh shatter, you know that's Steve Austin. That's right. You hear break the walls down, you know, it's Jericho. And those are the kind of iconic people that I think of, you know, what they have the entrance that got your attention. That's a, uh, well, go into, try to, um, for our listeners that may be listening in other parts of the country, describe your entrance. Oh, wow. I, uh, I usually just come through the curtain and I just kind of feel what the crowd's doing. I'm usually a heel, so it's not a very big entrance. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of smirking, a lot of chin in the air. Go set in the middle of the ring, kind of like a Raven style. Cool. In the corner, because, I mean, that's always creepy enough just to get over. <laughs> so pretty much. Usually they start chanting that you're angry at me, which is pretty cool because I'm starting to pick up on the bipolar gimmick, so I'm getting that over. <laughs> Very cool. So it's kind of so. like the exact opposite of um, Drew Wheeler's entrance. Every time he had pinned me, he'd have to put his face down to my chest. It was so funny. <laughs> I keep hitting me with a clothesline, and I screamed something just like completely obscure. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I remember what it was. I said I've been hitting the Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> so I just like clotheslined the, the piss out of him. I just clotheslined him. And I was screaming, hey! <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought you were Canadian. Oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I love wrestling with Drew though. He's so great. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've gotten to talk to Drew on the show before. He's just Drew's just a good guy. That's oh, I'm a perfect guy. He's a great guy. Awesome. I can't wait to work, work him again. You know, he's one of the guys I'd really like to get in the ring with again. Yeah, and for a guy his size, he's actually really agile. Yeah, yeah. He he's thrown some spinning wheel kicks that I know yeah. I could never do at my size. Yeah. He gets up size. there for it. I'm like, man, you do that to me. I'm bumping the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bumping like shit. It's crazy. He hit me with a blue thunder bomb, which was really awesome. You know, I'm yep. a big guy. I'm 6'3", and I weigh about well, almost 300 pounds. He picked me up over his head, and I'm like, well, all right. This is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I have been <laughs> Who have been some of your favorite um, people to work with other I than Drew? Ken Edwards. I love working with him. I love working with Quicksilver. Brandon White, Aaron Humboldt, I love working with him. He's awesome. Me and him always have some great matches. Very cool. These other guys, uh, they're brand new in the business. I think maybe a year and a half. Alex Cross and Chris Gage. Mm-hmm. Those guys always are great. And I love tagging with Tommy Redneck. No. <laughs> where, have you, where have you tagged with him at? Is that out there? In... I tagged at AEW and Dyer's Word Women. New Breed. I think I've tagged with him and Ripley. It just seems like every now and again I'll bump into him and be like, hey, let's put you guys together. And it always is hilarious because, you know, I, sometimes this time I was in a character, I was in a gimmick where I was like a, a clean-cut frat boy, right? Mm-hmm. Tommy Redneck, he, just, he does the game where he's just a dirty old redneck, you know? <laughs> oh, Kilo, he thought, uh, Kilo thought it'd be hilarious if I bought a bottle of Jernex when he's a ring and a towel. So every time Tommy would like shake my hand or tag me, I'd jerk it up. <laughs> <laughs> there was one point in the match where I actually like blinded myself, and I think this one finished. She gave me the hot tag. I rub the jerk on my face. I blind myself, and I get scared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was always fun wrestling with him. Though. It was always a blast. Have you gotten to work much? Because uh, I know um, Dustin Starr gets to get gets up that way a lot. Have you ever? Have you gotten a I've chance? I've never worked Dustin. You never worked with him. But have you gotten a chance to talk to him or anything like that? Um, sometimes, like, I, I know, I remember him from back in New, in New Bern. I haven't talked to him in years, but I, I remember him back then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a gentleman in our trash, our trash room. Our <laughs> chat room. <laughs> That's a good way to get listeners. Yeah. <laughs> a good guy, uh, someone in our chat room asked, <laughs> shut the front door, ask, can you ask him what the difference is between the rings, if there are any from Fed to Fed? Oh, God. Uh, SCW had the best ring of all time. Yes, they I'm sure did. Dan can agree with Hell that. yes. 
It's a 20 it's so foot awesome. ring. It's a 20 foot ring, and it's a WWE size ring, and it's like landing on a damn pillow when you land on it. <laughs> God, it's so great, isn't it? I loved it. I mean, I woke up one Sunday, my first Saturday up there, I woke up the next day, and I was like, I am not sore. Yeah. I don't think I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the worst, the worst thing I did in all time was in uh, Murray City for New Breeze. Mm-hmm. There was actually one point I was wrestling Jeremy Wyatt, and I was like, dude, Let's just work on the floors. It's a hardwood floor. It's softer. Yeah. Oh, he Lord. ended up like working the entire match on the floor. I remember, I remember working um, in Union City for a while, and that ring was just hard as all get out. We 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 bumped kind of gingerly on it. You know, it was just like, oh, I know this is going to hurt, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I remember, I remember, um, I remember getting out of the ring with. Uh, with Anton LaVey, and we were having a submission match, and I wound up putting him in a cloverleaf on the entrance ramp. And we got to we got to the back, and he goes, why is it that the entrance ramp bumps better than the damn ring? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a snap bumper. That's always been my big flaw. Mm-hmm. John, I've hit the match before. I just woke up, and I'm like, I immediately regret that decision. There was one time, you know, I, that hit me a little hard with a clothesline, and I just, bump you know i just go back full force and i woke up the next day and my elbow was like purple and black and just Ugh. swollen i think i had like a melon on it oh yeah i'm like well the i'm not gonna wrestle there anymore the spw the spwa mat you you guys talked about that's a former nxt mat right our former I think it was WrestleMania mat. uh it was the now just the mat cover just the mat cover. Now the structure of the ring is totally different from a WWE ring. Okay. Um, the WWE ring uses slats. It's almost like wooden slats. I've, right. I I actually got to sit there for two or three hours with talking to William Regal one night and actually got to see them put this ring together. And I was like, "Damn, that ring looks stout." <laughs> <laughs> it's a WWE ring. I mean, it, and it is. It dumps. It it bumps differently from any ring I've ever been in. You know, and you you definitely got to get used to doing it. You know, when you get into a WWE ring, because it's totally different from any ring I've ever seen. But each probably there's probably like almost like a two by four slat that goes in on uh, side by side all the way across a WWE ring. Yeah, I've seen them take down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now on um, on like an indie ring or that, I think that I think that SPW ring is actually a high spots ring, if I'm not mistaken, but. That ring, when you take it apart, you know, it's kind of like grid-style iron beams that run crossways under it, you know, kind of separated far apart, probably about a foot or two apart. And then on top of that, they put plywood. Yeah. It's about quarter-inch to half-inch plywood. And then on top of that, they put the carpet padding. And then on top of that, you put the mat. Right. So, you know, it's plywood. You're bumping on top of carpet padding which is probably about a half inch thick to an inch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that general vicinity, half inch to an inch thick on top of quarter inch plywood on top of steel beams, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which it's not so much that there's a little bit of cushion there, but the fact that it's a 20 by 20 ring and they leave the center support out sometimes that's what makes the difference on the SBW ring on 20 by 20. It's like it's kind of like a big trampoline, actually. Yeah, it it, it, it almost acts it. like a trampoline. It almost does. It had, it had a lot of balance in that ring, if I do remember, because I took a laser off and I was able to actually spin all the way over to my stomach, which is my first. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> what all events do you have coming up? Um, I will be at RCW Pro Wrestling Saturday night. Um, I think they're going to be doing an NWA versus RCW show, I believe. Ooh, I'm not mm. really sure what date it is on that. I think it might be the 10th. Nice. Which will be pretty fantastic. Very cool. And I'm not really sure what I'll be doing after that, but uh, I know I'll be at RCW Pro for the next bunch of Saturdays. And that's out. That's Ripley Championship Wrestling. Ripley. Championship Wrestling, I do believe, right there at the Power Pro Arena. Power Pro Arena. <laughs> yeah. I think it's 104 Washington Street. Yep, that sounds about right. Well, yeah. we hope. Uh, good times, man. The I, center of the Mid South Wrestling Universe, that's the right. Mecca. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> and we can't even dude, remember I, what I the address you, is. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody's wrestled in Ripley. At least once. That's right. <laughs> at least. You know, I was uh, listening to the guy from Illinois, and, you know, Mike and Finnegan and uh, Zach Sawyer, and I was like, and you guys are there too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Shoot. <laughs> Where can folks find you on social media? Um, right now you can find me on my personal Facebook, which is Jared Ethan Kindle site. Or you can find me on my fan page, which is Jared Ethan. There's two of them. I'm not sure which is mine. I'm, I'm terrible with social media. <laughs> like I said, I'm, I should have let the burrow take care of that, but he didn't. The burrow. <laughs> the heavy burrow. <laughs> well, Jared, man, I, I, I'm. I hope you. Uh, I hope you're back on a quest to win the West Tennessee Championship back. Of course. Good. Always. <laughs> and uh, Always. We, I gotta and get, I gotta get my hands back on Austin Carrier. I think he's my. Uh, we're kind of like Batman and the Joker, teams that were destined to fight for the rest of eternity. There you go. Yeah, he yeah. is the Sami Zayn to your Kevin Owens. Uh, he's the giant chicken to my Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, the best way you describe uh, Oh, that's Zane beautiful. <laughs> Man, I love that, dude. That That is awesome. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. Jared, thank you so much for coming on our show, man. It means a lot. We love talking to you. Local indie guys, it's one of the reasons we started this podcast, and thank you for coming on. I sure appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great one. All right, you too, buddy. It sounds like a Super Nintendo game. It sounds like a badass entrance music for Emma. Better than that, you know that it just fits her character so much. Yeah, more. I'm, I'm, I'm more along with uh, Mike. It sounds like a redone version of Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it sounds like a great entrance for a cooking show. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, Hells, yeah. Oh, that it's look! A great on, entrance music for that look on Mike's face. Really, really. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what they're talking about, go back and listen to old episodes of Oversell Podcast. <laughs> That's right. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast, and Oversell Podcast.com. And check out the Amazon link. Dan, did you also. This is your first episode since we've joined Blog Talk Radio under the Shark Dropper Studios. Yeah, so this is my first episode. You know, welcome. I'm welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> thank you so much to thank you so much to Shark Dropper Studios. Go check us out, man. We've got tons of podcasts. Anything you really want to listen to? There's a Shark Dropper podcast. Word of the Bay talking about Tampa Bay sports. Go listen to Doppel Avenue Hurt to Paralyze to the End of the World. They got so many. 
awesome podcast. Dan, Dan, they have these fic- they do these fictional podcasts. Oh yeah. And Doppelavner Hurt is like a cross between a Humphrey Bogart movie and a Naked Gun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go back. There's two seasons. Go back and listen to them both. Um, the episodes are quick. They're about, I think, 30 minutes. And then the finales are a little bit longer. But they're so much fun to listen to. And there's other podcasts, including this one, which you can find at blogtalkradio.com slash sharkdropperstudios. We're a part of a big family now. Yeah, we are. And I got to go, I got. To, we, I was on Shark Dropper this past weekend. That episode will probably be coming out, I think, next week. Just talking about us, talking about wrestling. And uh, it's just a great, We got. I'm uh, recording a podcast for Shark Dropper again Sunday. We're going to be doing the top five podcast. So <laughs> lots of sh- stuff going on with Shark Dropper. We're happy to be a part of the Shark Dropper family. Yes, absolutely. What are your t- guys? Twitter, I, I, I kind of uh, like yeah, went off on a rant. Yeah, I kind of screwed up the uh, r- the rhythm there. Let me so, promote ha- let everything. Me, <laughs> let me let me try this again. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast. I am at D E R I C K Oversell. I am at One Dangerous Dan on Twitter, and I'm also on Facebook, Dangerous Dan Matthews at Wolf Mike Twenty Three. Mike, you tweeted. I did this past week. I still have a little bit on me. You still yeah. <laughs> and 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 Stormy Stormy Lee liked your tweet. Yes, she did. And retweeted. Stormy was an awesome guest. She was uh, great. I, she was really cool, really cool. And she was actually up and she she started naming off where all these people where she's going to be wrestling. And she was like Murfreesboro and where else? Uh, Something started with yeah. a G that wasn't Gatlinburg. Gallatin. Gallatin. Yeah. Gallatin. And it was uh-huh. like, are you going to be wrestling in Tennessee? And she's like. Yeah, like, yeah, like, all those oh, all over yeah. yeah, wow, all over East Tennessee. Yeah, that Arcadian wrestling man. I hear mm-hmm. they're making a big splash. Yes, uh, you know that's Chase Stevens and uh, you know uh, Warren Wolf. Actually, uh, Wolfie D from PG thirteen. Uh, he's involved in that. Uh, man, there's you know just all kinds of names involved in that. Uh, and you know I'm trying to trying to get my foot in the door with them as a re- as an announcer. I'm gonna. Try to send them an email or something, some sort of with contact information and everything as an announcer because I might be headed over that way here in the next few months for work, Hello. you know, and moving or whatever. I'll still be able to be on the podcast and Skype in and whatnot, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do a Memphis wrestling moment. Heck yeah. Yeah, let's do one of those. Mike, you got a chance to talk. I've been this book forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got May 28th, 1984. <clears throat> Uh, start at the bottom. We got Port Chop Cash versus Scott Shannon, Rick McCord versus the Spoiler. Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> he told the whole <laughs> Dallas and Jr. thing. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hold on, pause. <laughs> How great of an angle would that be? Like, like if a dude came out and just started spoiling like random Han movies. Solo dies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Darth Vader was Luke's father. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Spoiler. <laughs> write that angle. Write that gimmick down. I'm going to. going to have gonna, to, man. Maybe that'll you be Chris that Lex's next gimmick. You, you don't even have to be even cut a promo. You just walk out on stage and drop something like well, that. It, <laughs> it, 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 no, like right in the middle of it. Just, yeah. You know, and I'm going to kick your ass at the next pay-per-view and. <laughs> Vader was Luke's father. <laughs> yeah, see, and it, he he needs to spoil a bunch of old movies like <laughs> like da- Darth Vader was Luke's father, or you know, uh, a head was in the box or something like, like uh, that. Just Bruce go. Willis was really dead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Kaiser hey. Sose isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> it was his sled as a kid. <laughs> and like, yeah, we need to. 
Mention that to Kevin Lawler. We need to get that gimmick going. That'd be great. <laughs> Mike, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that just the the new age spoiler. Yeah, yeah, that was that was well worth it. George, get your get ready for your superstar of the week. <laughs> All right, continuing on, the new generation versus Randy Savage and Angelo Poffo. The first main event, which is in the middle of the card. Southern Tag Team title match, Tommy Rich and Eddie Gilbert versus PYT Express. Pretty young things. Second main event, Southern Heavyweight title match, Jerry Lawler versus King Kong Bundy. Wow. Uh, Dutch Mantel versus Rick Rude. Wow. If Mantel wins, Stevens gets a five-minute match with Angel, whoever that was. I've got it. Go ahead and finish yeah. this whole thing, but, but I, at the end, it remind me of my point. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the third main event with, with no time limit, no disqualification. And the last main event, so they had four main events on this card, Austin Idol versus Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, let's see. Lawler retained his Southern Heavyweight title by defeating King Kong Bundy in pro wrestling last night at the Mid-South Coliseum. And this one doesn't have a... Attendance. Uh, in other matches, Scott Shannon defeated Port Chop Cash. The Spoiler defeated Rick McCord. That name is just great. I'm the Spoiler. <coughs> the Spoiler. The New Generation <laughs> defeated Angelo Papo and Randy Savage. Tommy Rich and Eddie Gilbert retained the Southern Tag Belts by defeating the PYT Express. Rick Rude <laughs> defeated Dutch Mantel. And Jim Neidhart beat Austin Idol. Tom Hanks gets off the island. What was the attendance, <laughs> what was the attendance figure again? It didn't have it on. Oh, there. it didn't have Not it for that one. <laughs> Thirteen thousand people. No, probably, probably eighty. Probably. Spoiler I'll, alert! It was a lot. Five. To, <laughs> I would probably say between five and seven thousand people would pop. No, I've got show. I've got an old. Uh, I've got some old like it's like the lost matches of you know this that and the other. It's like the lost matches of Randy Savage, and I think it's like him. And Rick Rude with their manager Angel, okay, uh, taking on Jerry Lawler and maybe Bill Dundee. I can't remember though. But what I do remember from watching that was uh, Angel got in the ring and Lawler grabbed her by the back of her hair on her neck, man, and had a hold of her and was not <laughs> turning loose. And he gets her in the ring and looks around and everybody's like, hit her, hit her, hit her, hit her, hit her. And he hauled off and hit her for real. (laughs) 100% real. She dropped to the mat and did not move afterwards. You know, and from what I understood, I I heard somebody, I overheard somebody actually ask him about that later on. I think he was like, yeah. I don't think I hit her that hard. <laughs> you know, and I was just kind of like, wow. So he really did lay, her, lay it into her. But it was like, damn, you know. Any more news and notes you guys want to go over before we get to Superstar of the Week? Uh, I really hope Kurt Angle's going to WWE. Yeah. We're going to go check the dirt sheets. Just in That case. would be awesome. Yeah, make sure there's not some crazy brand yeah, extension. You know, we get done, we get done recording after we record. <laughs> yeah, we get done recording. I'm checking Twitter and I'm like brand split, and now it's like son of a bitch. Ah! Uh, Vince feels Sasha Banks is too injury prone. Injury prone, which I think that is silly to think. It's dumbass thinking, because you know it, it's that was some. It was just a freak accident. Yeah, I mean. If, How do you get kneed in the head by a referee? If, if Sasha's <laughs> if Sasha is injury prone, what was Mick Foley? Really? Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. <laughs> this is coming from the man who tore both quads getting into the ring. Right. <laughs> Velvet Sky is talking <laughs> about right. she wants to join the WWE. Yeah, I was going to click on that earlier, but your internet fucking kicked me out. Mm, well, <laughs> you weren't worthy. <laughs> That's how I changed the settings to where you must be worthy. <laughs> That's a spoiler. It's alert. like uh, Thor's hammer. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like we mentioned earlier, Hideo Tommy is close to returning, which he, he'll be a welcome addition back to NXT. NXT. Um. Really, no other big news. You got. We talked about the brand split. Yep. You know, we're. You guys are excited for it. I'm. Yeah. Towing the line. Um. It, it, I'm. It, I'm more excited that SmackDown's going live. Yeah. You know, I'm more excited for that than anything because yeah. I think that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. That's more of a game changer than the brand split is. Well, and I it think, really is. I think Mauro Ronaldo is also going to be calling more pay per views too. That'd be great. I love him on commentary. Uh, I think Corey Graves oh, needs God. to be a, be on a commentator's table and somewhere. You know, he put out a tweet that kind of teased him as a SmackDown announcer. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be incredible. Mm. I'm ready for Corey Graves to get up there. Yeah, I, I he needs to be he needs to be commentating something. You know, um, other than NXT. It's just funny. You know, he, his career was cut short. Due to concussions, mm-hmm. and you know he, it's one of those things where you gave him something else, and he rolled with it. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I, I love his commentary. Mm-hmm. You know, whether he's, you know, and I don't always, I don't always like the heel versus uh, face commentary, right, right? You know, but you know, and he plays the heel well a lot of times on the pre-shows and stuff like that. He plays the heel views and stuff. You know, just looking at different things and stuff, and you know, I don't always like that, but I know it. Ha- I know it has a place. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. if 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 everybody just sat around and agreed with one another, there wouldn't be a pre-show. So, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be just a bunch of people going, "I am sad for this match." Woohoo! <laughs> if everybody agreed with each other, we wouldn't have this podcast. Right, right, right. That's right. You both suck. Yeah. So you your know. opinion is invalid. Yeah. Dying mm-hmm. of fire. There you go. <laughs> well, as we like to um, finish up every week, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, guys, I ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? I'll say Superstars. I'll go Osprey and Ricochet. Very good. I like it. In my turn? Yes, it is. Okay. Because I still don't know mine yet. You never do. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to say this every week, and I never know who I'm going to pick. Yeah. <laughs> I am going with Mike Bennett because he is doing amazing things in TNA. Wow. A TNA guy winning Superstar of the Week. That's a first. Who'd have thunk it? George in the chat room (laughs) says, Superstar of the Week, Sasha, for her one second of TV time this week at the beginning of Raw. Also, AJ for turning heel. And the same guy who thinks Dana is the female Roman. I don't get that last one. (laughs) Superstar of the Week for me, I'm going other than Jared Ethan. You know, yeah, because we know, we know. Yeah. You know, came on the show. He has to be a superstar of the week. I'm going to go with Gallows and Anderson because they're finally looking like the club that they should have been when they. Yeah, I mean, they came in and they beat the hell out in the new day day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like forward booking, I would love to see like plays out like they're going against a group, you know, of some sort that just kind of like a motley crew group that gets bl- kind of placed together of faces and stuff, and then all of a sudden like. Balor comes in and he's the fourth man, you know. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's Survivor Series and we do some war games. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Let's see. Vent George in the chat says, Word is Vince loves Dana and sees her as the female Roman. Yeah. I saw that article. Okay. God. I don't I don't get the Dana Brooke call up at all. Okay. Well, 
They I, are so missing the boat not calling Bailey up right hey, now. Bailey will come in time. It, they need someone in NXT with her star power. Yeah, yeah that, but still. We kind of talked about that last week, I think. The, they haven't brought Bailey up because they don't have anybody that could replace her as the top you know, face. Not yet. Yeah. And, you know, it, Dana's call-up made more sense when her tag team partner, Emma, was up there, too. Mm-hmm. It made sense with her yeah. beating the hell out of people because that's what they did in NXT. Yeah. Well, folks, that's it for this week. And that this horrible... Week. Epileptic seizure she had that she called a Ric Flair strut. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, you oh. know, not not many people need to be doing Ric yeah, Flair strut. Yeah. We're going out on the Ascensions music. Why? Because I want to. That's why. But folks, thank Where you. Where are they? Day. We have not seen them. Yeah, were they? They're, they're coming up the stairs now. Oh my god! Yeah. Actually, they're coming up. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, that's they're it for this week. Up the stairs. Thank you for downloading. The easiest way to get to this podcast is subscribing on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five star review. That helps us with our ratings. Helps us get our word out more. And be sure you head over to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much for Blog Talk Radio for hosting us. Yay, and yay. thank you so much to Shark Dropper Studios. You've been listening to the Oversell Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.